This is the final call before you board. Board at the airport. Board at the airport. Sat at the gate. I am the line. Security was bad, but I got here fine. Flights delayed, even though I'm on time. Board at the airport. I'm not getting coffee, the line's too long. There's no way, lady, the bags carry on. Sitting at the gate down, singing this song. Board at the airport. If you can't upgrade your seat, then you might as well upgrade your business. Hi, I'm Michael Madsen, International Liaison Partner for BDO Canada. Welcome to Board at the Airport with Mike. This show is about doing business globally. Whether your business has international presence, is considering an international expansion, or if you're in the middle of revising your expansion plan, then this show is for you. Board at the Airport. Come alive, come alive, you're in the Pepsi Jenner. Today we'll share the stories of three companies who got lost in translation. Simple mistakes led to millions of unintended internet views and shares. How can companies avoid getting lost in translation? Expanding internationally is a goal for a number of companies, especially as countries like China and India continue to grow in size and influence on the world stage. But even multinational companies get it wrong when moving to other markets. Successful global marketing strategies depend on a company's understanding of how culture affects consumer reactions in each of its international markets. In turn, they must also understand how their strategies affect those cultures. Successful global marketing strategies depend on a company's understanding of how culture affects consumer reactions in each of its international markets. In turn, they must also understand how their strategies affect those cultures. When auto giant Ford launched an ad campaign in Belgium, it was attempting to highlight the quality of its latest vehicle. The slogan was, every car has a high quality body, but a mistranslation made it, every car has a high quality corpse. Not the kind of junk you want in your new car's trunk. Here are three companies whose marketing strategies literally were lost in translation. The 1970s are famous for bell-bottoms and the rise of disco. But it was also an era of economic struggle. The crisis of such proportion that we probably haven't even begun to grasp it yet. Cultural change. This is no simple reform. It really is a revolution. And technological innovation. Electrolux, a Scandinavian electronics company, got caught in that cultural difference trying to introduce a line of vacuum cleaners to the U.S. market. Electrolux used a rhyming phrase. Nothing sucks like Electrolux. Nothing sucks like Electrolux. They had used it successfully in other English language markets. However, they didn't know that the word sucks had become a derogatory word in the States. Ooh, you suck! While the slogan might have been grammatically correct, it never really took off with U.S. shoppers. Once upon a time, the Coors advertising team came up with the phrase, turn it loose, to appeal to people looking to have a good time and connect that good time with enjoying Coors beer. So far, so good. Connect your brand with an experience. Check. Make it memorable. Check. Turn it loose, turn it loose, turn it loose tonight. Coors Light, Coors Light, turn it loose tonight. Expand that campaign into Spanish. Check. Check the translation. Go! Turn it loose, translated into Spanish, basically meant diarrhea. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Turn it loose. No one wants a beer to do that to them. 
My fellow citizens of the world. That's one small step for man. My conscience won't let me go shoot my brother. In the 1960s, Pepsi took its Come Alive with the Pepsi Generation slogan to China. Come alive, come alive, you're in the Pepsi Generation. Which was not very well received. The reason? In Chinese, come alive with the Pepsi generation translates to Pepsi brings your relatives back from the dead. Expanding business into China seems to bring some significant translation challenges. Coca-Cola, like Pepsi, and dozens of others have had a history of massive and obviously unintentional translation fails with their taglines. KFC, for example, misinterpreted finger-licking good to something more cannibalistic in Chinese. Getting a country's official language correct is one thing, but don't forget to research the colloquialisms of the culture. Poor translation doesn't just involve language. In fact, images can be just as offensive and or inappropriate than a poorly translated phrase. Translation traps are everywhere, be it a badly translated slogan, a company name, or a cultural hiccup. Conquering new markets is about the right marketing, and marketing means translating ideas, not just words. How can companies avoid getting lost in translation? It's time to get some deeper insights from our expert guest for this episode, Deborah Williams-Walsh. Deborah is the National Markets Director for Strategic Initiatives for BDO Canada. She has over 20 years experience in driving organizational growth through strategic development, tactical implementation, and successful execution of revenue-focused marketing strategies in Canada, Europe, and the UK. Deborah, what are the important steps companies must consider when developing a marketing plan in other parts of the world? So it's a good question there, Michael. Actually, the answer starts close to home. It's amazing to me how many people don't actually understand their product or service. Before you enter into any new marketplace, whether it's a new marketplace domestically or whether you're about to cross a border, which obviously increases your exposure substantially, you have to understand why people are engaging with you, what problem you're actually solving for that client and why they're buying your product as opposed to that of your competitors. So it's really important once you know what you're selling to understand both the location and the specific audience in that location as well as possible, but still recognize that you're still a stranger. And so lean into all of the resources of which there are so many domestically within Canada. You've got governments, trade associations, the World Trade Center, BDO works with them, EDC. We do a lot of work to support clients with EDC and also lean into people that you might not necessarily think of. It's amazing how often at BDO we're approached by clients who want introductions to BDO in other countries or alternatively want to have a conversation with BDO marketing people domestically or internationally because for the price of a coffee, it's amazing what insight we can give. So I'm pretty confident people listening to this will have a network and I'd suggest that they do all of that research. It can be empirical data, it can be anecdotal, but make sure that you feel that you know that marketplace as well as a stranger possibly could. Know yourself, research, 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 and approach with humility. Understanding a different culture is paramount for a new brand's successful integration into that market. Talk to us about that. Culture is everything. In marketing, the I hesitate to say they're synonymous, but they're kind of synonymous. I mean, marketing 
by definition, is the practice of mass persuasion. That's the difference between business development and marketing. Some of the organizations that I think have done it well, you look at Starbucks, they've leaned into that whole wet coast urban coffee culture. You and I sit on the West Coast ourselves in Canada and Lulu has taken that, uh, or Lululemon, sorry, has taken that healthy sort of lifestyle, casual clothing thing that Vancouver is known for and they've blown it up. And when that goes right, you can actually take your culture and show the best of it and attach it into cultures in the countries you're moving into. But, you know, if you look at something that's going wrong, if people don't understand culture. You know, the example that that I always think of is Walmart. I mean, Walmart, they are smart. They know what they're doing and they have the resources to do this well. But, you know, about 15 years ago, they bought a chain in Japan. But Walmart are known for steeply discounted goods and the Japanese culture has a distaste for what they perceive to be cheap. To make sure that people can have cheap food, Walmart invests in a lot of frozen goods. But Japanese shoppers, they're used to fresh produce and meat. And so it went badly wrong. You know, it can go sideways very, very quickly. And especially if you don't have the same resources as those large organizations. I use Google Translate all the time for personal use, but brands need to go way beyond that simple translation tool in order to understand and connect with other cultures successfully. We've all got good examples. As you can tell from the accent, I spent a lot of summers sort of visiting different countries in Europe. So translation challenges are some of the easiest mistakes to make. Bizarrely, they're also the easiest to avoid. And to be honest, they're the ones that, if you're a marketing person, they contribute to the greatest areas sort of of schadenfreude, right? And I think we've all seen examples, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, they're the success story in Japan, where I used Walmart as the less successful. But finger licking good in Chinese, I think translates to something like, eat your fingers off. So what I would say is do not use Google Translate. You can absolutely use it for personal use, but a direct translation is almost guaranteed not to be the correct translation. But I'd actually recommend that you hire translation services in the country you wish to go into. Language is perpetually changing. And honestly, if you don't believe me, then just ask the makers of Corona Lager, right? So two or three years ago, that meant one thing. Then it meant something else. I swear they must have paid someone to change it to COVID. So Deborah, without compromising your brand, how do you adapt your marketing message to respect cultural differences? This is a tough one, right? Because people feel they're selling out. And especially with private businesses, you have that emotional kind of ownership. What I would say is it really goes back to the very first point that I made. You truly have to know what it is you're selling and why people buy it. Don't get absolutely hooked up on the slogans and the messaging that you've built around it. They're not sacred. If you know what it is you're selling and why people buy it, and you understand the audience that you're now trying to access, then you're able to stay true to your core identity and your USP and still be flexible with the wording. This applies to anyone. As a woman, right, I've heard of Oil of Olay. And Oil of Olay is worth about $3 billion in revenue for Procter & Gamble. It's huge. But yet, up until really recently, that traded under four or five different names around the world. Even the brand name for a $3 billion product is not sacred. What you have to do is be true to your core 
back to knowing yourself, but be absolutely willing to adapt the best of you to embrace the best of the location that you're going into. It's hard enough to build a compelling marketing strategy. How can you develop a marketing plan that can work globally? The answer is research. I think most of the people listening to this podcast aren't really going to go from Canada or, or wherever to global. They don't necessarily have the resources, financial or human. What tends to happen is people move into a country one at a time. One of the phrases I, I think I've stolen from someone else is you may not be able to boil the ocean, but you can boil a cup of tea. So I think when you go back to that core of who you are and what you do, then you build your global strategy in a modular way. By far the majority of Canadian companies that go international look at the states. There's a common language there. They can access the states by road, by rail, by plane, by boat if necessary. So the, the logistics distribution seems to make sense. Invest, invest, invest in research. Take as long as it takes to feel like whilst you can't get it 100% right, you know your audience as well as you possibly can. So that would be my advice. Deborah, thanks so much for joining me today. Deborah Williams Walsh, National Markets Director for Strategic Initiatives at BDO. Thanks for being part of Board at the Airport with Mike. I'm Mike Madsen. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on our LinkedIn group page, Board at the Airport. On our next episode. Target is closing all 133 of its stores in Canada. They bit off more than they could chew. They tried to do too much too fast. We'll explore what happened when one of the largest department stores in the U.S. misjudged their supply chain capabilities and ended up incurring losses of $2 billion and over 17,000 jobs. Board at the Airport with Mike is powered by BDO Canada. BDO provides tax, audit, and assurance, advisory, and business outsourcing services to companies across all sectors of the economy. We operate from 125 offices across Canada, covering all major business centers so we can be close to your clients. We are a key member of the BDO Global Network that provides business advisory services in 167 countries. And this allows us to meet the needs of clients who are growing and trading internationally. Visit us at BDO.ca. Your attention, please. Thank you for choosing Board at the Airport. We remind you to join us wherever your business plans take you. And those entrepreneurs with international business interests, we invite you to subscribe at this time. We remind you that this podcast reflects the personal thoughts and opinions of the authors and does not reflect the view of BDO Canada or its affiliates. This podcast is not a substitute for professional advice, and passengers should consult a qualified professional prior to takeoff. Board at the airport.